0: From API, this is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day.
1: Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm Jane Van Ryan. Once again, the administration is proposing to raise taxes on the oil and natural gas industry, The President mentioned it in his State of the Union speech in January when he said he hoped to eliminate incentives that encourage the production of domestic oil and natural gas. But is that a wise move for America? Brian Johnson of API, who is very knowledgeable on tax policy, is in the studio to share his insights today. Welcome, Brian.
0: Thanks for having me, Jane.
1: Glad you could join us. So what precisely is this administration proposing to do?
0: Well, this budget is similar to previous budgets the administration has rolled out. Um, They're essentially trying to raise taxes on America's oil and natural gas energy in a variety of ways. Uh, The president said in his State of the Union he wants to, quote, eliminate taxpayer subsidies for, for big oil. And I find that very interesting because I'm not aware of not one taxpayer subsidy big oil receives. And he's proposing to repeal, modify, and outright eliminate many of these provisions that allow us to function, that allow us to employ millions of people, and that allow us really to give a lot of revenue back to the American government.
1: Well, let's let's take some of these issues one by one. But first of all, what's the cost, potentially, of these so-called tax increases to the industry?
0: Yeah, certainly. Um, the cost Total in the president's budget, as we at the American Petroleum Institute have analyzed, is 90 billion dollars. Uh, that's about 87.8 billion in taxes, direct tax increases over a 10-year period, and about 1.9 billion in other fees uh, associated with various agencies. So total, um, it is it is 90 billion dollars, and that is over a 10-year period.
1: Let's take some of these provisions, and perhaps you can address them individually. First of all, the intangible drilling cost provision. What is it, and what is it the administration wants to do?
0: IDCs, or intangible drilling costs, are the costs associated with labor, architecture, design, engineering, basically building of a rig, um, or a platform, or a a building of any structure for us to actually get into the ground and, and find the product. So the ability to deduct those drilling costs um, really allows us to plan for the next stage of development, the next stage of construction. Uh, The president is proposing to repeal our ability to deduct these costs. And, you know, that simply means jobs. It means innovation. Many of these independent companies that are able to deduct 100% of these costs in year one are responsible for the technology we use today, such as slant drilling, where we're allowed to take one drill site, go into the ground, and segment out several drills that allow us to minimize our environmental footprint. Um, They can do that because they can expense these costs in year one and put it toward technology. This is basically the R&D for our industry.
1: Well, let's take a look at another one of these provisions that the administration is talking about eliminating. Um, What about this dual capacity rule? What is that?
0: The oil and gas industry in the United States, we're considered a dual capacity taxpayer, meaning we pay income tax in the U.S., and we also pay income tax to foreign countries when we go abroad to access their resource. Now, to ensure that the income earned in other countries by U.S.-based companies is not taxed twice, current tax law provides for a foreign tax credit, which is essentially an offset. Uh, This offsets the income taxes already paid on this income uh, to foreign governments. Um, The administration is proposing to deny the foreign tax credit to only American oil and gas companies. This essentially results in a double taxation of foreign income.
1: Let's take a look at another one of the provisions. It's called Section 199 of the Tax Code. What does that refer to?
0: Yeah, Section 199 um, was established in 2004 as part of the American Jobs Creation Act. Um, This was done to spur job creation in the United States. It's a domestic manufacturer's tax deduction meaning that if you, you know, make Barbie dolls in the U.S., if you deliver newspapers in the U.S., or if you're an oil company uh, who extracts minerals in the U.S. or resources, oil, gas, etc., cetera, uh, you are able to take this deduction. The oil and gas industry is frozen at a 6% deduction, while all other industries are at a 9% deduction. If you repeal Section 199 in a provision we talked about earlier, our ability to deduct our IDC costs, you could lose 58,000 jobs in the first year and as much as 165,000 jobs over 10 years. So for an administration that has almost a 10% unemployment rate, um, this is a real hurt to our economy to do so.
1: Brian, aren't oil companies already paying quite a lot in taxes now?
0: Our effective income tax rate is 48%. Uh, other S&P industrials average a 24% tax rate, uh, effective tax rate. So, you know, we are paying our fair share. Um, between 2004 and 2008, we paid $300 billion in income taxes, and about half of that went to the U.S. taxing authorities. We paid $95 billion in income taxes in just 2008 alone. Uh, that's by major energy producers, and that $95 billion is income taxes paid or incurred.
1: Are taxes the only payments that oil companies make to the government?
0: We pay almost $100 million a day to the federal government in rents, royalties, and lease payments. That's $100 million a day. We've actually paid $60 billion in non-income taxes uh, to various U.S. taxing authorities from 2004 to 2008, and that doesn't even include excise taxes collected and remitted on various petroleum products. So we do feel, and we have evidence to show, uh, it's available on API.org, that you know we are paying our fair share.
1: So, Brian, would it make sense then for the government not to raise taxes and simply allow the oil industry to continue to make investments in the production of more oil and natural gas because that generates more revenue for the government and also creates good-paying jobs?
0: Well, we've done a study that shows that from 2011 to 2025, The negative economic consequences of higher taxes will, in the long run, more than offset any short-term tax revenue gains. Under high taxation, revenues are estimated to decrease. Now, let me say that again. Under high taxation, meaning repealing everything the Obama budget wants to do uh, and other tax increases, revenues will decrease by $128 billion in a span between 2011 through 2025 but increased access should generate an estimated 150 billion in additional government revenue so between the period from now and the next 25 years you can raise taxes on the uh, american oil and gas industry through the roof and it would decrease revenue by almost 130 billion
1: but, Brian, what could happen if the industry is allowed to simply move forward and do its job? What if the administration doesn't remove the tax incentives and gives the industry additional access to more energy-rich areas?
0: If you let us do our job, if we start to create and make things again here in the U.S. by allowing increased access, let's provide high wages to people, let's put people back to work in the Gulf of Mexico, and from now on in the next 25 years, Let's raise $150 billion for the economy while providing jobs and stabilizing our energy security situation.
1: Brian, thank you so much for explaining the potential impacts of the administration's tax proposal and the flip side of that as well. It's always nice to talk to someone who can infuse a discussion with some common sense.
0: Great. As always, thank you very much, Shane. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future
1: shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.